All right. Good morning, Faith Church. All right. Well, it's Time Change Sunday. Anybody missing the hour? Anybody feel like they're missing like five hours? Woo! It's amazing what an hour can do. Well, hey, listen, it's great to have everybody here. My name is Steve Husky. I'm the lead pastor. I want to welcome everybody who's watching online. Can we give it up for our Lawrenceburg campus? Man, it's good to have you guys. Well, listen, I heard a story, a great story of this guy, right? He gets called for jury duty, and he shows up, and he really doesn't want to serve, so he has an opportunity to sit in front of the judge and protest and tells the judge, man, I just, I just can't really afford to miss work. I got to make sure I'm there. And so the judge interrupted him and said, wait a minute, so you're one of those guys that thinks that if you don't show up at work, things just quit happening. Like, you're one of those guys that thinks that, you know, if you're not there, just, man, the company can't get by without you. He said, wait a minute, Judge. He said, I just want to be clear. He said, I know for sure that the company can get by without me. I just don't want the company to know that they can get by without me. Come on, that's right. Here's the thing is, man, a a lot of us in this room and a lot of us online, man, we want a job. We don't want to work. Do you know why? Because work is work. There's a reason they pay us to do it. I mean, it'd be great if we got paid for hobbies. It'd be great if we got paid to eat Cheetos and take naps. You know, but the reason our companies, the reason our places of employment pay us is because the job they're asking us to do is hard work. And a lot of us in this room, you're, you're in a job or you, you're employed in a place, and maybe it's a challenge, maybe it's difficult. And what we're doing is we're navigating through a new series entitled At Work, How to Make Work Work. And I just want to say this out of the gate today. Today, I'm going to talk about what it really means to be an employee, how to be a good employee. Next week, we're going to talk about talk to CEOs and bosses. And if you're a manager, if you have people under you, we're going to talk about how to do that well. A lot of you, you overlap, you serve somewhere, and you also serve over a group of people. And so both of these messages will apply to you. But here's where I want you to know just out of the gate today that that we cannot expect pay raises and promotions if we are struggling in our current position. If we're not doing well where we are in the position we're in, we're fooling ourselves just to get frustrated. You can't wish yourself out of a bad job. You got to work your way out of a bad job. And so just out of the gate, that's where we're going to go for a few minutes. But I want to jump in right at a scripture right here. And I want you to listen to what Paul says to all of us in this room. Now, let me just say this. If you're here and you're not a Christ follower, if you're watching online and you've not given your life to Christ yet, a lot of what we're going to say today still applies to you. There are some principles that we're going to cover that still meet you where you are. But if you're here and you, man, are a Christ follower, you have your faith in Jesus as your Savior, everything we're talking about today should really change, maybe not your environment. It may not even change your paycheck right away. But my challenge is this, that if we'll change the way we think, if we can't change what's happening on the outside, if we'll change what's happening on the inside, eventually things will translate and change on the outside. And so here's what Paul says. He says this. He says, slaves, obey your earthly masters, which I know right away some of you are like, whoa, 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 wait a minute. And some of you are like, I know I feel like a slave. But when he says, slaves, obey your earthly masters in everything you do, let me just hang here for a second. The word slave that he uses here is not used strictly in the sense that many of us would think that it's a person who is in bondage to servitude, that they have to do what they do. This word slave is used throughout Scripture to talk about people who are voluntarily and involuntarily 
in a place of service. This is the same word that Paul uses, the Apostle Paul, who was a pretty important person in the beginning of the church. This is the same word that he uses when he says that he's a servant of Christ. So I just want to be clear, when he's talking about servants obey your masters, it's talking about us in our places of employment and the positions we carry. He is speaking to us today. And he says this, slaves, obey your earthly masters in everything you do. Try to please them all the time. Now, let me just stop and ask you a question. How many of you in this room would really say you show up on the job, like tomorrow when you show up, all through the week, when you're working your shift, how many of you can honestly say, man, that going through your mind is, man, I just want to please my boss? I would dare say nobody. If you raise your hand, I was going to call you out as a liar in front of the whole church. Because if we're honest, we're there to get a job done. We're there to earn a paycheck. But Paul says part of the purpose of you having the position you're in is to be there and help not just you thrive, but help others thrive. And so he says, I want you to show up on the job. And when you get there, I want you to think, man, I want to please my boss. Now, again, that's a shift in the way we think. Most of us don't think that way, which is why a lot of us are struggling in our place of employment because we have wrong thinking. And now watch this. He goes deeper, though, because it gets crazy right here. He says, try to please them all the time, not just when they're watching you. How many of you go to another gear when your boss walks in the room? Like, come on, you click off solitaire, and you start acting like you're doing some work, right? You pick up, a, you know, start moving. He says, I want you to work. He said, I want you to work all the time, not just when your boss is over your shoulder. He said, even when he's not watching you, even when she's not in the room, even when, you're, even when your manager is not around you, even when your supervisor is not on the job with you, he says, I want you to work all the time, even when they're not there. And we found out last week because... Even though our boss, our immediate boss isn't there, there is somebody who's watching. Last week we learned that God revealed himself as Jehovah-Rohi. That's a Hebrew name. Basically, God is saying, I'm a God who sees. I see when you're late and I see when you're on time. I see when you're slacking and I see when you're putting in the effort. Which means if nobody else sees how hard you're working, there is a God in heaven who witnesses and watches your effort, even if it goes unrecognized by your immediate boss. See, so I want you to work. I want you to serve. I want you to serve well. I want you to serve well even when your boss isn't watching. And then he says this. He says, serve them sincerely because of your reverent fear of the Lord. Now, we could truly end this message right here, but I won't. But many people could say like, yeah, man, I'm showing up wanting to please my boss. I want to please him when he ain't around, and I'm serving him with reverent fear. Man, most of us just out of the gate are struggling with just the basics of being a Christ follower in the workplace. He goes on, he says this. He says, work willingly at whatever you do as though you're working for the Lord rather than for people. Remember that that the Lord will give you an inheritance as your reward and that the master you are serving is Christ. Again, he's giving us this idea, and we talked about this last week, that if we're going to make work work, that the solution is finding significance to connect your calling to your career. That we as, we as Christ followers, we have to get back to the place that we marry what we do for a living as really part of our relationship with God. See, way too many of us, we compartmentalize our lives. Like we have our, we have our spiritual life and we have our secular life. We have our, we have our money life. We have our kid-rearing life. We have our occupation life. We have our church life. 
And that's not how God sees it at all. God doesn't see us as living these compartmentalized life that, that your Sunday is spiritual and your Monday is secular. God sees our life that it's all spiritual. Ultimately, that really even your work is part of your worship. That how we show up on the job, how we carry ourselves, the attitudes that we have, the effort we give and really who we serve, God says that's all really a reflection of how you view me. And so there has to be this shift of some of the struggles we have, which we all have them. Maybe the reason you're having a hard time making work work is because of your boss you just don't get along with. He's a slave driver. She's a tyrant. Maybe the manager over you just makes things difficult. Maybe it's your coworkers, right? Coworkers can bring a lot of drama. A lot of times we feel overworked or underappreciated, but at the end of the day, there's tension and there's struggles for all of us in the environments where we work. But there, are, there is a way, there is a way that we can make work work if we're willing to do what God's called us to do. So again, we said last week the solution to finding significance is to connect your calling to your career. Uh, I want us to jump into a story, though. Uh, I want us to look at this guy by the name of Joseph. Now, Joseph is this young 17-year-old kid. He jumps on the scene of Scripture but he's pretty important. In fact, he becomes, and we find out that he's the great-grandson of this guy by the name of Abraham. Now, Abraham, we talked about just a few months ago. We did a whole series. Abraham was this significant figure in the biblical timeline that God introduces himself. Abraham's too old to have kids, but God wants to bless him with a family. And so ultimately, God does that. God gives Abraham and his wife, Sarah, kids, and they have kids, and they have kids. And Joseph, that this guy we're going to read about today we find, again, is the great-grandson of Abraham. And his story is so significant that when you get towards the end of the book of Genesis, his story takes up about 14 to 15 chapters, which is a big chunk, which means God wants us to pump the brakes. And as we read his story, slow down, lean in, because there's some things we can learn, especially as it comes and relates to the idea of working well. Now, here's where his story picks up. Here it gives us this line. It says, Genesis 37, verse 5, it says, one night Joseph had a dream and he told his brothers about it and they hated him more than ever. We talked about this last week that all of us in this room, I mean, including myself, that we start life at some point, we want to do something that matters. We want our life to matter. We want our life to have meaning. And a lot of us, we view that in our career, that we want to, we want to find a career path. We want, to, we want to be involved in an occupation. We feel like our life matters, that it makes a difference. And Man, somewhere along the line, we trade that in for how much money we can make. And then sometimes we trade that in for how little do I need just to survive. And some of us are just in struggle mode and survival mode. But I want you to know, a lot of us, it starts with a dream, which means this, that listen, that, that you may have your eyes closed at night and all you see is a dream, but when you wake up, you have an opportunity to make that dream a reality. But the way that you close the gap between what you dream of what you want to be and what you actually are, that gap is closed with hard work. Everybody shout hard work. Hard work. We got to be hard workers, and that can close the gap. And so, man, he has this dream one night, and we follow Joseph's story over the next 15 or so chapters, and we find that this is his trajectory. This is his life. His brothers just despise him because of, uh, because of his his joy for the dream he has. There's a lot of reasons. His dad favors him. And so eventually they plot to kill their youngest brother. They find him one day. They throw him in a pit. You thought, right, noogies and wedgies were bad. This cat gets thrown in a pit by his older brothers. 
Eventually, they plot to sell him, which they do. They sell him into slavery. Can you imagine? He goes from being sold into slavery. He ends up in this guy's house by the name of Potiphar. Potiphar is kind of the right-hand man to Pharaoh, the king of Egypt. And he gets purchased. Joseph gets purchased by Potiphar as a slave in his house. And we find man, and we're going to read into the story, we find man that he moves through that. He eventually gets falsely accused of a crime he did not commit. He gets thrown into prison. And eventually he ends up out of prison and ends up back in the palace of Pharaoh. And so you watch this trajectory of this young man who starts with a dream and he goes from the pit to the palace. And what I want to talk about today is, is how you can move intentionally in your job, in your career path, in your purpose from the pit to the palace. Because some of you in this place and you feel like your job is a pit. It's the pits. You feel like you're in a dead end place. You feel like you're in a place you don't want to be in. You feel like you are underappreciated and undervalued. Come on, can I just get an amen in this house? What, what I want to talk about, there are some things you can do. There are some principles that we can apply that will help move us from a very difficult, dead-end situation to a place that God, I believe with all of my heart, has prepared for us to be. And so, again, we see him navigate through this. How, how do we do it? Well, let's, let's keep going in his story. Again, this is Genesis 39. This is when Joseph gets purchased by Potiphar to be his slave. Genesis chapter 39. Verse 2, it says this, And the Lord was with Joseph, so he succeeded in everything he did as he served in the home of his Egyptian master. Read this with me. And the Lord was with Joseph. I want everybody to know something. The same God who was with Joseph is with you too. The same God who was with Joseph, who blessed Joseph, who prospered Joseph, is the same God who's with you, which means when you show up at work, you're not in work alone. When you show up in any situation, you're not in it alone. God made this incredible promise as his people that we are never abandoned and we're never alone. But here's a trick because you can read this and you can think, wait a minute. It says that Joseph prospered because God was with him. Man, like it almost seems like as you read it that God was just handing Joseph the goods, like he was just handing him promotions. And that's not, what, that's not what's true at all. I want you to know that Joseph was working hard. Joseph was doing what he could do, but God was doing what Joseph could never do, which means Joseph was putting in the work and God was blessing his effort. Yes, God was getting him the promotion, but Joseph was working for it. See, what I want you to know is if you read Scripture, there's a lot of times God can do anything without us, but oftentimes he wants to partner with us, which means that if you want to slay a giant, you have to walk onto a field with a sling. If you want to walk on water, you have to get out of the boat. If you want to do something great for God, if you want to be a part of feeding 5,000, you got to give up your lunch. And if you want blessed and promoted on the job, you have to put in the work and be a person who's promotable. If you don't like your job, work your way into a better job. And so listen, as Joseph gets, this is crazy. Joseph shows up as a slave. If you got hired as a slave, how would your attitude be? I, you ain't work, I'm not working for you. You can't make me. You get beat into submission, and you might, they might force you into doing something. Joseph shows up and says, God, if this is my job, I'm going to work at it with all my heart. And he starts going to work, and he gets promoted from being out in the field to being brought into the house. Promotion. Everybody say promotion. 
This guy goes through this incredible journey. It's crazy. Keep going with this. It says, again, the Lord was with Joseph, so he succeeded in everything he did as he served in the home of his Egyptian master. Again, what I want you to hear is that serving leads to significance. A lot, of us, a lot of times, again, we have this mindset that we just have to show up, and if we just show up, we're going to get promoted. That's not enough. And sometimes we feel like we have to push everybody out of the way in order for us to get promoted. Joseph just served his way to significance. He looked for opportunities to work hard. You may not be the smartest person in your workplace. You may not be the best educated person in your workplace. But I'm telling you, there's one thing every person online and every person here can do. You can show up and you can be the hardest working person in the place. When everybody else is showing up late, show up early. When everybody else is cutting out five minutes early, work a few minutes late. When nobody else wants the extra responsibility, say, I'll take it. And you say, why in the world would I do that? Because you're not working for the man, you're working for the Lord. And God, I want to live my life in a way that honors you. And when you do that, what you're telling God is, God, I'm promotable. Keep going. I love this. It says, next verse, it says, and this pleased Potiphar. Check, back up for me. I missed the verse. Back up. He goes on. He says this. He says, Potiphar, there it is. Potiphar noticed this and realized the Lord was with Joseph. Here's a question. What does your boss notice about you on the job? What's the thing that stands out about your attitude, your performance, and your effort? When, you're, when, all, when all the managers are talking behind your back, what are they saying? Are they saying like, man, she's got an attitude. Man, he never shows up on time. Man, they, they put a minimal. Are they saying, man, they're killing it. We need to find a way to promote him. Man, that's a, he's, he's the first person here. She's the last person to leave. Man, there's nobody outworking them. What is it that your boss notices about you? Because I don't know if you all figured this out yet, but let me tell you something. Yes, it's true. Sometimes promotions come by how good you are, but most promotions come by the right person knowing how good you are. See, I don't know if you all know this, but it's not, it's not what you know. It's who you know. And you can put yourself on a person's radar by being a person of hard work and character. Now, I've wrestled with this message all week, and, and here's why. Because I thought, Lord, I'm going to stand up there and tell them how much you can bless somebody and promote somebody. And I know currently we live in a society and a culture that there are some of you in this room and some of you watching online are facing challenges. Right now, statistics tell us that there are more people living in their parents' basement, young adults living in their parents' basement, even though they have one, two, and sometimes three degrees. It used to be the American dream. If you go to school and you get a, you get a degree, you're almost guaranteed some kind of career path, and some young people are finding that's not true. Maybe you're here and because, of, because you're a person of color, maybe because of your sexuality or because of something else in your past. I spoke to somebody first service. They've been in prison in the past, and that's making it difficult to find a career path now. And I, so I wrestled. I thought, God, how can I stand up and say that, that you can bless somebody when there's a lot of people uh, struggling to find maybe the right career path? And, man, I'm telling you, I can stand up with confidence and say it because it's not up to culture and it's not up to economy. It's not even up to your boss how well you get promoted. It is up to the God of promotion. And what we find is Joseph goes on a career path of promotion, one, because he works hard, but two, because God blesses it. You want to give God some success to bless, and that comes through hard work. And so, again, it says the Lord's with Joseph, so he succeeded in everything he did as he served in the home of his Egyptian master. Potiphar noticed this and realized that the Lord was with Joseph, giving him success in everything he did. I love it. It says this pleased Potiphar. So he soon made Joseph his personal attendant. He brought him from the field into the house and then made him the COO of everything he had. 
He put him in charge of his entire household and everything he owned. If you're taking notes, you need to write this down. Competency opens, door, or competency opens doors, but character opens floors. Competency opens doors, but character opens floors, which means you might be a person that you have a resume or you've got a list of things that you can do. You can, do, you can talk about your competency, but it's what you do when you show up on the job that determines how high you go in a corporation or how far you go on the job. Your resume might get you in the company, but it's your reputation that determines how far you go. And some of you got a great resume, but you don't have a great reputation. And if you don't have the capacity or the ability to, or the finances to change your resume, everybody in this room has the ability right now to change the reputation. But you got to work hard. You have to put in the effort. So here's the crazy thing is, so again, Joseph... He, he starts out being sold into slavery by his brothers. Not a great start, but he has a dream. And he just determines, whatever job I have, it's, I mean, he didn't, pick, he didn't pick it. He didn't want it. But whatever job I have, I'm going to do it with all of my strength. I'm going to do it with character. I'm going to be the hardest working cat in the yard. And he shows up, and, man, God just starts blessing him, and God starts promoting him. And then things go sideways. Some of you who know Joseph's story, you know that, he hit a rough patch. He was falsely accused of a crime he didn't commit. Basically, Potiphar's wife, she's a, you know, probably a fairly attractive woman. She becomes attracted herself to Joseph and offers to sleep with him. And he keeps refusing her. And eventually, she gets so frustrated that she falsely accuses him. Because, she, because he denies her, she finally says that he raped me. And he gets falsely accused and put in prison. But in the moment where he has the opportunity to sleep with Potiphar's wife. Now think about this. He's already on a good trajectory. He already has Potiphar's favor. Imagine if, if Potiphar's wife was in his ear. Imagine if he slept with her and now she's in Potiphar's ear. Like, man, he's a great employee. We need to bless him more. But instead, he said, it's the wrong thing to do. And I want you to notice specifically how he responds in the moment of the opportunity to sleep with Potiphar's wife. I want you to notice what he says. Genesis 39, 9. He said, how can I do such a wicked thing? Everybody here read this. It would be a great sin against the corporation. It would be a great sin against my boss. No, he has the mindset that every one of us in this room should have that at the end of the day, we're not working for the man. We're not working for a corporation. We are working for the Lord. He says, man, if I do the wrong thing, it's not a slight just against Potiphar. It's not just a slight against you. It's a slight against God, and I'm going to do the right thing. Let me tell everybody here something. Every one of us in this room, you will have opportunities to do the wrong thing. You're going to have opportunities to steal from the company. You'll have opportunities to embezzle money. You're going to have opportunities to cheat on contracts. You're going to have opportunities to tell people the product you're selling is not what it truly is. You're going to have opportunities to steal business from your place of employment and go down the road and start your own business. Every one of us in this room, you will have opportunity to do the wrong thing. In the face of the wrong thing, do the right thing. I'm telling you, never compromise your position with Christ to get a promotion from man. It, may hurt in the, it might hurt in the short run to do the right thing, but I promise you the God of promotion will always bless you in the back end if you'll have character and integrity. Come on, are you all hearing what I'm telling you? 
We ought to be the highest integrity people. We don't lie, cheat, steal. We, we're truthful on our contracts. We're truthful in our business dealings. We're honest in the way we handle things. We're upright, standing citizens. If anybody has integrity and character in the workplace, it ought to be people who claim Christ. And if you'll work hard and you'll have character, I promise you, if God can move a slave from the pit to the palace, God can move you too. So again, we follow his trajectory and it does go sideways. He does the right thing and it hurts him in the short run. In fact, again, he gets thrown into prison for being falsely accused by Potiphar's wife for sleeping with her, raping her. But here's what's crazy. Watch how good God is. Again, Joseph, he has this mindset that I'm gonna, whatever opportunity I have, whatever job I have, I'm going to do it with all my heart. I'm going to do it no, if nobody else sees. How many people see somebody in prison? If nobody else sees, God, I'm going to do it in a way that honors you. And I want you to notice what the Bible says about him in prison. This is awesome. Watch this. It says, but the Lord was with Joseph in the prison and showed him his faithful love. God was with Joseph in prison. You know, the Bible says, David said this. David said, even if I make my bed in hell, God, you're there with me. Which means you might be in the worst job, career path. You might be working for a very difficult boss, some very dramatic coworkers. But I'm telling you, you might be in a place where you feel forsaken. But I want you to know today, God is with you in that workplace. And so again, he's in prison. He's wearing the orange. He got on the jumpsuit. Got three hot in a cot. But before long, watch this, I love it. Uh, and the Lord made Joseph favorite of the prison warden. Watch this. Before long, the warden put Joseph in charge of all the other prisoners and over everything that happened in the prison. And the warden had no more worries because Joseph took care of everything. The Lord was with him and caused him, caused everything he did to succeed. Again, I want you to notice this. So he's in prison and he says, I'm going to just keep working it. And he keeps putting forth the effort, putting forth the character, and God just, keep, just keeps blessing him and promoting him and ultimately promotes him to top prisoner, which may not sound glorious, but it's better than bottom prisoner. Come on, somebody. Yeah. Here's what's crazy. I want you to notice this little phrase. It said, and the warden had no more worries. Here's a question. If your boss hands you off responsibility, do they stop worrying? I am absolutely convinced that many of you who are in positions of authority, your supervisors or your foreman or whatever, Listen, people, uh, people of authority are always looking for people they can hand responsibility off to. Every person in position has more responsibility than they can handle, and they're always looking for people they can hand responsibility to. And what they're looking for is, I'm telling you, this is what I'm looking for as a lead pastor of this house. Who can I hand responsibility to, and I don't have to worry about it. I know they'll take care of it. If your boss hands you responsibility and has to worry if it still gets done, they will not hand you that responsibility. If you want to be promotable, be a person who's responsible. And this guy, he said, man, give it to me. You can hand it to me. I'll take care of business. And the warden just keeps promoting him till he becomes the top prisoner. If you're taking notes, write this down. Don't let your level of placement determine your level of production. Some people think I'll, I'll work my best when I'm at my best job. I'll give it, I'll give it, I'll give it all I have once I get that job. I mean, I'm just flipping burgers right now. I'm just stocking shells. I'm just an entry-level LPN. Once I, man, once I become an RN, once I get the promotion, once I move, man, then I'm going to give it all I got. That mindset is the mindset of this world. Here's what Jesus said. Jesus said, if you're faithful in small things, then 
I'll make you ruler over much. God said, show me I can trust you with 100% where you are, and then I'll give you more where you're going. We have the opposite mindset. God, I'll work hard once I get there. God says, no, work hard now, and it'll show me I can trust you that you can get there. I know this is absolutely true for many of us in this room. We, we walk into our place of employment and we have a very negative and critical mindset. And we give as little, po- little as possible to keep from getting fired. Most of us aren't working to get promoted. And we wonder why we're not getting promoted. I know pastors who have this same mindset. I've talked to pastors and they'll say things like this. Oh man, God gave me this great message. God gave me a great word, but you know, man, I, I mean, I'm only right now, I'm only running a couple hundred people. So I'm going to wait until I get invited to the conference. I'm going to wait until I got more people. Then I'm going to preach this great message. And they feel like, man, I'm, I'm not going to waste this great message in this small opportunity. Listen, I'm telling you, I, I spent as much time preparing now and preaching as passionately right now with 3,000 as I did when I had 30. You know why I have 3,000? Because I worked as hard with 30 as I do now. I'm telling you, God will bless you if you'll work hard, if you'll put in the effort, if you'll have character and integrity. God will bless you. If you're taking notes, Proverbs 18, 16 says this, a man's gift makes room for him and brings him before great men. Not just the possession of the gift, the execution of the gift, which means if you'll take your talents and your gifts and you'll put it into practice in the position you currently are, God says your gift will make room for you, which means it'll push other opportunities and other situations. Your gift will open doors. Your gift will put you in front of the right person, but you gotta, you got you to gotta execute your gift where you are, not just where you want to be. And that is so hard for so many of us to think. But he goes on, I want you to notice in this story, or outside of the story, Jeremiah 29, 7, this is, this is such an important principle I want you to get. Most of us going into the workplace, we're already thinking negative thoughts. And when you get there tomorrow, you're going to be thinking negative thoughts on the way. Man, I hate my job. I can't stand my boss. Man, I hope she's not there today. Man, I can't believe, I hate this job. I need to get a better job. I can't wait to get out of this stink hole. I can't wait to get out of this pit. This pit. Man, it's hell on earth. I hate my job. And I want you to know something, man. Some of you are are creating a mess with your mouth in your workplace. Uh, I, I, uh, my daughter, our daughter's been trying to get us to get another puppy for long. We have one dog. We got a one dog limit. When that one dies, we'll get another one. Come on. And so, like, they're praying this one to die. It's crazy because they want a puppy. <laughs> like, we've had them long enough. And so my youngest daughter, she moved out, and so she, she has a puppy now, so she brings him over sometimes because it's a puppy and has to have care. And, I'm going to be honest, I think I might be getting another dog. Listen, if you love Jesus, you love puppies. If you don't love puppies, you can't love Jesus. That's a fact. I can't back that up with Scripture, but I'm pretty sure it's in there somewhere. So this cute little dog, but here's the thing, and some of you guys have, have, have had dogs, and you know, man, the challenge of breaking them. You know, here's what dogs have figured out. Here's what dogs would do, is if you put a dog in a kennel and you put it in a small spot, a puppy will never mess in the, in the place it has to live in. And most of us aren't as smart as a puppy. And we'll create all kinds of mess with our mouth over our work about how bad we hate it, how bad we hate our boss. I can't stand my job. I can't stand them. you got to live in that. You need to start speaking blessing. You need to start speaking life over your place of employment. Here's what the Word says, Jeremiah 29, 7. Watch this. Also seek the peace and prosperity of the city 
of which I've carried you into exile. Pray to the Lord for it, because if it prospers, you too will prosper. You need to start praying for your place of employment. You need to start blessing. I'm not saying say it's something that it's not, but Father, I thank you for my boss. Lord, he gets on my nerves, but Lord, I thank you that you sent me the boss I need. He's rough, but God, I thank you. You probably sent a rough boss to knock the rough edges off of me. Father, I'm thankful, God, for the employees around me, because God, they get on my nerves, but Lord, you put me in a place that I can influence them. Father, thank you for my job. May not be the job I want, but God, the average person in this planet is making $2 today. God, thank you for my job. You need to be thankful for the position you have before God ever gives you another position. If you can't be thankful where you are, whatever makes you think you'll be thankful where you're going, you will have problems on every job you're ever at. That's a fact. So start speaking life. I promise you, on your way to work tomorrow, just start praying for your boss. Says pray for your enemies. That's what Jesus said. (laughs) Pray for your coworkers. Lord, I pray bless the business. Lord, I I pray orders would come in. I pray production would increase. Because if you're in that place, you're going to go up. If you're a promotable person and the business starts increasing, what's going to happen to you? You're going up. Speak life. Stop creating a mess with your mouth in the place you work. So let's go back to Joseph's life real quick. So again, we, we find out in Genesis 40. So Joseph, he's in prison. He becomes the prisoner of prisoners. He's the chief dog. He's, he's the big man on watch. And we find out that Joseph has a unique gift. He has the ability to interpret dreams. Now, some of you may not know this. A lot of the dreams we have are the pepperoni pizzas we ate. But did you know that God speaks through dreams? Just real quick, anybody here ever have a dream that was a crazy dream? And you woke up and you thought, man, I'm going to tell somebody at work. And like 30, like 30 minutes later, you couldn't even remember it. How many people know what I'm talking Now, how many people have ever had a dream and you can still remember the dream today? Do you know why there's those handful of dreams that stick out clear? You can remember details because God was trying to tell you something. And so Joseph has, has the gift to interpret dreams. And he don't say, I'm going to wait till I get in a lofty position before I use my gift. He uses his gift in the prison. And these other, these, other, um, these other prisoners, they have dreams who used to work for Pharaoh, the king of Egypt. And they come to Joseph, and Joseph interprets their dreams. And eventually, his gift makes its way back to Pharaoh. Check it out. Genesis 41, verse 14. And Pharaoh, because Pharaoh had a dream... And Pharaoh needed his dream interpreted. Who did he go to? The person who displayed capacity. It says, Pharaoh sent for Joseph at once. Everybody here read this. And he was quickly brought from the prison. Some of us think that the only way to get to the place of our dream or the place of fulfillment is this long, steady journey of promotion. And while that may be true, do not underestimate God's ability to quickly promote you from the prison to the palace. I'm telling you, listen to me, God can do things outside of the way this world says it has to be done. God can move you from place A to place B overnight. And some of you don't believe that, which is why you've not experienced it. You need to get your faith out there and believe you serve a God of promotion. And so God calls or Pharaoh calls Joseph out of prison and to stand before him so he can tell him his dream. If you're taking notes, write this down. Dead-end jobs are the beginning of dreams. Dead-end jobs are the beginning of dreams. Again, nobody wakes up to a dream. You just wake up to an opportunity to work for a dream. Everybody starts off somewhere. Everybody starts off entry level. 
but you got to work that. And it might feel like a dead end, but if you treat it like a dead end, that's all it'll ever be. But if you treat it as an opportunity to get promoted to the next level, if you'll work at it, see the job you're in, it's a dead end job, but you know what it is? It's rehearsal for your promotion. How are you handling rehearsal? Because if you don't handle rehearsal well, you're not ready for the big day. You're not ready for the stage. And so, man, Joseph gets to come and stand before Pharaoh. Pharaoh tells him his dreams. He interprets the dreams, and he brings him in. He puts him in position. And you know what Joseph does? Joseph does what he always does. He starts working harder than anybody else. He starts serving his way into significance. And you know what happens? He's promotable. So Pharaoh starts promoting him until eventually Joseph becomes the COO of Pharaoh's entire kingdom. Listen, if God can take a 17-year-old boy with a dream from a pit to the palace, what can God do through you? If you'll do what Joseph did, be a person of character and integrity, working harder than anybody else, having a higher level of character and integrity than anybody else, be promotable, and the God of promotion will make a way for you. Then Pharaoh said to Joseph, Genesis 41, 39, then Pharaoh said to Joseph, since God has revealed the meaning of the dreams to you, clearly no one else is as intelligent or as wise as you are. People say that about me. <laughs> Just seeing if y'all are paying attention. If you're wondering why everybody's laughing, it's because you weren't paying attention. <laughs> he says this, he goes on, he says, he says, you'll be in charge of my court and all my people will take orders from you. Only I sitting on my throne will have a rank higher than yours, Pharaoh said to Joseph. I hereby put you in charge of the entire land of Egypt. Do you know how he got there? Because he worked hard. He gave God something to bless with his success, and God promoted him. Are you blessable? Are you promotable? See, man, it's, something's got to shift and change. Most of us in this room, most of us in Lawrenceburg, most of us watching our line are not in a job we love. Or if we're in a job we love, there's some element about it that gets on our nerves, that grates us. And if that never changes, something in that environment can change, and it's you. And if you'll put yourself in the place that you change the way you see things and the way you change the way you say things, I just believe with all of my heart that God will do for you what he did for Joseph, and God will promote you and bless you. If you're taking notes, we're almost out of time. Let me give you these three things real quick. Number one, stand out. Everybody say stand out. You need to stand out in your workplace. Again, you, you need to be on the radar of your boss in a good way. You need to stand out. Don't stand out by being the lazy person, by being the late person, by being the critical person, by being the negative person. Stand out as the hardest worker. Stand out as the person showing up on time or early. Show, uh, stand out as the person who's willing to take extra responsibility. I just believe this with all my heart that Faith Church, you ought, to be, you ought to be the most hireable people in this city. You ought to be the most hireable people up in Middle Tennessee. We ought to be the high, most hireable people right here in Northwest Alabama. Let me get a Faith Church person. Man, those people show up. Those people work hard. Those people have great attitudes. Man, those people, but come on, are y'all here? Like, that's how, that's how we should be. So we need to stand out in our workplace. Number two, we need to stand up for what's right. You need to stand, you can stand up for what's, you can stand up for what's right in the wrong way. Now, some of you are going to take me wrong. I want you to hear everything I'm saying. You did not get hired to lead people to Jesus in your workplace. That's not your job. I talked to Christians. I just spoke to one today. I hope she's watching now. I said this to her. 
I lost my job because I was telling people about Jesus. Well, they didn't hire you to tell people about Jesus. Do your job. Do your job so well. Be the person that has the highest level of character and integrity and hard work that they ask you, what's up with you, man? Everybody else here complaining, you never complain. Then share your faith. Bible says, let your light so shine before men that they'll see your good works. They'll see your good works. They'll see, not hear what you got to say. Put up or shut up. Show me before you tell me. They'll see your good works and glorify your Father who's in heaven. So stand out. Stand up. Number three, stand strong. If you're in a dead-end place and maybe you've been there for a long time, maybe you've been stuck, you're trying to figure out how to get it, I want you just to stand strong. Believe what we're talking about. Believe that the God that Joseph served is still the God you serve, that he can make a way for you the same way he made a way for Joseph. God's capacity to bless you with promotion is bigger than your capability to earn promotion. I know you want to earn it, and you're going to have to work hard to get it. But God can do more than you can do. God has greater things than you can dream. You know the dream you had? Some of you still have. Some of you are going to school to fulfill. Some of you are working to get to. Do you know God's dream for you is even bigger? The Bible says he's able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we're able to ask or even think, which means God's ability and plan for us is bigger than we could ever have the capacity to imagine. We're settling way too low. And lastly, God's doing more than you can understand. Some of you are frustrated, like, man, why isn't it happening? Listen to this. Again, when you follow his trajectory, right? So we find out that, that Joseph spends multiple years in prison. And I, I imagine he had to be frustrated, but he still owned the position. He still did the best he could with what he had. The reason some of you have not yet been promoted is because you're not promotable. You're not ready for the position. But listen, this is so big. Some of you, it's not that you're not ready for the position. The position's not ready for you yet. God's preparing the place where he's going to send you, and it's not ready yet. God had to wait for Joseph, the dream interpreter in prison. God had to wait until he sent Pharaoh the dream and needed an interpreter before he got his promotion. So Joseph was ready, but the position wasn't ready for him. So you just need to be patient. God, I trust you. Lord, I know you see what nobody else sees. I see you. I know you see my effort. I know you see when everybody else is cheating, lying, and stealing. God, I know you see my integrity. And God, you're going to bless it. How many people believe what I'm telling you today? How many people just want to go up? We want to show up this week with a new attitude and a new perspective. Come on. Father, all over this room, God, I pray for all of us. God, let us work with a new mindset and a new attitude. We're not working for the man. We're working for you. And Father, while I know you want us to put in our hard work, God, I know you want us to put in the effort. Father, at the end of the day, Father, we put in more dependence on your ability to promote us than our capacity to promote ourselves. And so, Father, I pray, God, give us patience. Give us diligence. Help us, God, to stand out. God, help us to stand up. And, Lord, help us to stand in faith. Lord, as we make work work for your glory, in Jesus' name. And everybody who agrees said amen. Amen. God bless you guys, man. We'll see you next week for week three.